0: As soon as he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. We pray. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus Christ, your fellow redeemed. The twelfth and the last day of Christmas was two days ago. The great focus of Christmas, of course, was the incarnation of God's Son, Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also now true man, born of the Virgin Mary. And so starting yesterday we enter the season of Epiphany and Epiphany means to reveal or to manifest or to make something known so that something could be you might say quite obvious. And what becomes quite obvious when you look at the gospel readings over the Epiphany season, what becomes quite obvious is that this man Jesus, born of Mary, is the Son of God, that he is true God, that he is the coming King, the coming Messiah. And that's why most of the Gospel readings during the Epiphany include accounts of, of miracles, which can uh, confirm and prove that, yes, this Jesus is the Son of God. And if those readings from the first several Sundays of Epiphany are not convincing enough, the last Sunday of Epiphany is clearly convincing and proven because there you have the transfiguration of Christ. Today's gospel reading is also very clear. And <clears throat> those present were able to observe with their eyes and hear with their ears certain things that would confirm just who this Jesus is. And so here's what they observed. Those present were able to observe with their eyes and hear with their ears certain things. When Jesus is baptized by John, they see the heavens torn open and the Spirit coming down on Jesus like a dove. Their senses observed these things. Then there is the shocking voice from heaven. You might say a voice out of the blue, literally. And this voice that their ears heard said two things about this person just baptized. First, you are my beloved son. In other words, a clear proclamation that this is God's own son. The dearest son of God. And that, that, uh, that voice is first of all directed toward Jesus, you are my beloved son, but we read in Matthew that it was also directed against others, towards others too, because there it says, this is my beloved son. In other words, the father probably said both those things. First to Jesus, you are And then to the other people, this is my beloved son. But then there's a second thing that the voice of God, the Father, proclaimed about Jesus. He said, with you I am well pleased. Well, what does this mean? Well, we know that God is not pleased with sin and with sinners. And so this Jesus, the son, could not have been a sinner. He had no sin. God was well pleased with, with Jesus. And note, notice also that we have here at the baptism of Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. They were all there together. At this time and place when Jesus was ordained, you might say, or commissioned, you might say, to begin his, his public ministry. And then we could ask the question, well, what happens right after that? What happens with this man, Jesus, who was clearly revealed to those who were present to be the Son of God, to be without sin, to be, to be the one who had received the Spirit? And the answer to that is found in the verse right after our text, which says, Immediately the Spirit drove him, Jesus, into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. Tempted to do what? Well, to sin, obviously. To do what Adam and Eve did 4,000 years earlier when they were tempted by Satan to fall into sin, to rebel against God. But Jesus, having received the Spirit, guided and strengthened by the Spirit, said no. In other words, he remained sinless in the midst of the most powerful and evil temptations that could be thrown at anyone. But then we could ask, and I know this is kind of a rhetorical question, how did Jesus do in the, in the days and the months to come? Would he still remain sinless? Well, here we skip ahead two and a half years, close to that time when he would die on the cross. We skip ahead to what I mentioned earlier, the transfiguration. And what we find being said there, again by the voice of God the Father, are the same words that are used of Jesus in His baptism, the father again said at the transfiguration, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. In other words, he is still without sin, still without sin. Now, all this sinlessness makes the baptism of Jesus very odd. The baptisms that were performed by John the Baptist were supposed to be for the forgiveness of sins. But Jesus went there with no sin. He came out of the water with no sin. He entered the wilderness with no sin. He endured the temptations of Satan with no sin. He lived the rest of his life with no sin. And of course, he went to the cross with, with no sin. And so it is strange that he is baptized. So what do we make of this? Well, we still say that he went to his baptism because of sin. We say he was drowning sins in the waters of his baptism. We say he was tempted and living his whole life surrounded by sins. And of course, we say that he went to the cross bearing sins, as if they were his own, even though he was sinless. He was bearing sins he did not commit. All these sins that he had to face, that he had to drown, that he had to live with, that he actually had to bear, were the sins of the world. They were your sins. Everything he did was without a sin. Yet everything he did was with sin, just not his own. Here is where we like to talk about the great exchange or the great transfer. Paul uses the word credited. Something was credited or transferred to our account that was really his, that really belonged to him. And something gets credited or transferred to his account that is really only ours, that really belongs only to us. Sinlessness is his, not ours. Sin is ours, not his. But because of the work of this man, who was declared and proven to be the son of God, and because of his work alone, there is this amazing and unbelievable great exchange or great transfer. Our sins get transferred, get credited to his account, to him who was sinless and his sinlessness gets transferred to, gets credited to those who clearly do not deserve it, to sinners, to sinners who repent and who believe in him. To you who have true faith in this Jesus, to you who, like Christ, have been baptized, Now, this great exchange, this great transferring, is seen and realized in your own baptism. In your baptism, like the baptism of Jesus, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all there. All of you, I assume, have been baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And where you find the name of God, there you find God himself. Now, if any of you haven't been baptized, you can be, and you need to be. When you were baptized and came up out of the waters of your baptism, when you were washed with the waters of baptism, just like Jesus, you were proclaimed by God to be God's own dear child. God's own dear son or daughter, his beloved child, his dearly loved son or daughter. In your baptism, God the Father looks at you the same way he looked at his son when he was baptized. When you were baptized, when you came up out of the waters of your baptism, when you were washed with the waters of baptism, just like he did with his son, God proclaimed that he is well-pleased with you. In other words, you were proclaimed to be without sin. It's another way of saying forgiven. When you were baptized and you came up out of the waters of your baptism, when you were washed with the waters of baptism, just like Jesus, the Holy Spirit descended upon you to live within you. And that means when you go out into the wilderness of this life, where Satan continues to tempt God's own dear children, you like Jesus, have the guidance and strength of the Holy Spirit to help you resist sin, so you will not be mastered by sin, so you can say no to Satan, so you can live holy and godly lives. And yes, you um, daily sin in more than one way, sins that are forgiven still in your baptism, and so when you mess up, you know, when you fall into temptation, you know, own up to your sin. Confess your sin. And then remember your baptism, which forgives you again. And then pick up where you left off. So one more final way to explain the connection and the precious value of his baptism and ours. So let's pretend that John the Baptist gave a baptism certificate to Jesus. And that baptism certificate, you know, just like the ones you still have, probably, many of you have, the baptism certificate said something like, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Mary and stepson of Joseph, born on December 25th in the first year of our Lord, was baptized on January 7th, 27 AD, in the Jordan River, and was therefore declared to be the beloved Son of God, and well-pleasing to him, and has received the Holy Spirit, who will guide and strengthen him all the days of his life." Signed, John the Baptist, and a few other witnesses that were present, too. You know, that would be quite a valuable baptismal certificate. If you could find the original, it would be priceless. But let's suppose you did find it. And let's suppose you are allowed to keep it. You now own it. It becomes yours. But then as you look at his baptismal certificate that has now become yours, you notice that somehow some of the words have been changed. kind of weird. Instead of the name Jesus of Nazareth, your name is there. Followed by the names of your parents, followed by the date of your birth, followed by the place and date of your baptism, and followed by these words. Was baptized and was therefore declared to be the beloved child of God and, well-pleasing to him, and has received the Holy Spirit who will guide and strengthen him all the days of his life. Signed, whoever performed your baptism and whoever served as your sponsors or witnesses. In other words, his baptism has become your baptism. Hold to it tightly. Do not fail to live in daily repentance. Do not fail to trust solely in this one who was baptized for you, who lived for you, who died for you, Who rose from the dead for you. Who now sits at the right hand of God for you. And who will come again in all his glory for you. God's own child, I gladly say it. I am baptized into Christ. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be, forevermore. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.